Welcome back, folks. It's Chase and Josh with Factor Fantasy. That's Chase. I'm Josh, and we're here to give you episode two in season two of Loki here today. Chase took us to episode one last week. I did a great job recapping. We did a, a nice little fun summarizing of the events, talked about the takeaways, you know, finished up with some great debates, and that's leading us into what we're going to be talking about here today. And since Chase was in the driver's seat last week, I'll be navigating us through episode two here today. Before we get started, I'm going to turn the floor over to Chase to say a few words. Yeah, man. Still on that train with the God of Mischief. So it's it's uh, really gets really interesting. So pay attention. It's going to start to get fun. Uh, you know, jumping around here. Some things might look a little different. Some things might look a little similar. And with that, uh, cheers, brother. Malice in the Chalice, episode two. Keep taking us on the train. You got it, man. Cheers, brother. Cheers. All right. To start us out here today with episode two and season two of Loki, the episode opens with Loki and Mobius stepping out of a time door into 1977 in London in the United Kingdom. Loki tells Mobius that Sylvie is not there because it doesn't feel right. And as Sylvie's method of operation is to hide out in apocalyptic events, this doesn't seem uh, the norm for her. So he doesn't believe that she's there. But Mobius tells Loki that they got a hit on the temp pad that belonged to Hunter X5 before it went dark, and that without Docs or X5 responding, this is their only lead, so they gotta check it out. So they walk up to this movie premiere type thing, and we see the billboard for a movie, it's called The Zaniac, starring Brad Wolf, and keep that name Brad Wolf in mind here, uh, but it was interesting because this billboard, it was it almost kind of looked like a werewolf Hulk, right? Like, it looked like the Hulk, it was a green guy that was big, but also hairy, like I said, it was, it was almost a, a, it make the Hulk a werewolf, and that's what the billboard almost looked like. In any event, a limo pulls up, and Hunter X5 steps out, red carpet style, and is to these people in this timeline, Brad Wolf, a famous movie star. And X5 is super charismatic. He's going up to everyone, asks about people's kids, kissing people on the cheek, chopping it up with reporters, really just living up the life, man. He's just he's in his element right here. He's really enjoying it, but. Uh, as he's enjoying it, he doesn't even notice that the last question was asked, that it was actually by Mobius, until he does a double take. And Mobius asks him, will there be a Zaniac 2 for the fans? And he answers, and then he realizes who it is. So at this point, X5 is super uncomfortable, and Mobius tells him that they need to catch up. And X5 turns to run away, but bumps into Loki. And he comes up with this ruse that he says he's going to get them all drinks. And then uh, Mobius is like, is he running? Yeah, he's running. <laughs> so Mobius and Loki give chase, and they split up into uh, different spots. So that way, we're not giving X5 an escape route. So X5 goes to use his temp pad, and Hunter B15, she pretends to be a fan to catch him off guard. And she's able to wrestle the temp pad away from him. But X5 runs off, and Mobius is hot on his trail. So Mobius almost corners him. And Loki even hits him with a quick green blast to knock him down, but X5 gets up and keeps running. At this point, Loki corners him by a cage, but X5 presses this button on his temp pad, or not the temp pad, some other device, because the temp pad was taken by B15, but there's some other device, and it ends up making him turn invisible and almost pushes him to another spot in the same vicinity. So yeah, like I said, it kind of transported X5 into a clearing in the alley, and some civilian hooligans start to pick a fight with him for his fancy clothes. So X5 grabs a tire iron and swings it at the first hooligan, but the tire iron goes through him, and he realizes this whole thing is an illusion made by Loki. And Loki turns up behind him and uses his magic to knock the transport device out of X5's hands. 
And X5 tells Loki to quit with the magic and fight fair. And Loki tells him, well, it's not a fair fight. So X5 tries to run again, but Loki uses his multiplicator magic and makes a few copies of himself to pin X5 against this uh, this wall area in the alley. And he uses more magic, whereas I thought this was pretty fucking cool. The shadows actually grab X5 and they, the shadows hold him so he can't run. And the title sequence hits. And from there, the scene moves to Hunter B-15 and another hunter transporting X5 to a holding room with one of those time collars on him so we can't go anywhere. And we learn that X5 made some modifications to his temp pad, but he won't tell them what those modifications are. So B15, she gives the modified temp pad to Loki and tells him to have OB check it out. So Mobius and OB go to see, sorry, Mobius and Loki go to see OB, and OB is working on a retrofit device to fit all the new branches on the sacred timeline in the loom. So Obi takes the temp pad and asks if it's a higher priority than the temporal loom meltdown. And he's like dead serious. Like, oh, is this, is this a bigger priority than the whole fucking place ending? This is so funny because his character is played so fucking well, dude. But uh, Moby is lucky to tell him, no, definitely prioritize the temporal loom here. So Obi gives them the handbook and tells them everything that they need to know about the temp pads are in the handbook. So the scene shifts over and B-15 asks Casey if they have a hit on... Ravana Renslayer's temp pad, but no hits so far, but he did find something else. Casey tells B-15 that Renslayer erased the data from her temp pad, but he was able to find out who sent the last message. So B-15 asks who, and before he gives the answer, the scene shifts to Mobius and Loki going through the handbook. They aren't getting anywhere with the temp pad, and as they're bickering back and forth, B-15 brings Casey to them, and we find out that it's been Miss Minutes who has been helping Ravana Renslayer. So Loki tells him that when he was in the past, he heard a conversation between Renslayer and He Who Remains, and that it sounded like they were partners. It's a little bit of foreshadow moment here. But anyways, Casey asks about the Tempad, and they tell him they haven't gotten anywhere. So he takes a look at it, and he tells him that he will analyze modifications, but he's very certain that the modifications don't block any TVA trackers. So at this point, Loki and Mobius go to question X5. They want to know where Dox is, where Sylvie is, and what he did to the Tempad. Those are the three main things I want to accomplish. Mobius knows it's going to be difficult because X5 knows the TVA and the TVA's tactics to get people to talk. So Mobius tells uh, Loki that X5 is an asshole and not to let X5 get under his skin. Which is kind of funny because we're about to see what happens. Anyways, they go in, and X5 is super unbothered. He's just chilling, and he's being uncooperative, trying to show them up, making them seem like they're inadequate interrogators, and that he's just this cool guy, and ain't nothing going to bother him. And he, X5 ends up speaking to Loki at this point. He says, everyone here knows what you're doing, you know? You're just trying to make up for all the terrible, awful shit you've ever done in your life, you pathetic little man. And Mobius is like, okay, that's enough. And Loki's like, no, no, Mobius, no, it's, it's riveting. Keep going, I want to hear more. And X5 continues, he says, good. See, everything you and Sylvie have ever done to try to help has only ever made it worse. Loki asks, is that right? And X5 goes on, see, I've read your file. It's you. You're the problem. Every time we've ever found a you, problem is you think you're special, but you're not. So it doesn't matter what outfit you put on, play dress up, or whatever little lies you tell your friends, or even the lies you tell yourself. At the end of the day, you just make everything worse. For Mobius... For B-15, for your mother, because that's what you do. You lose. You're a loser. And Moby, he's worried that Loki's about to snap. He's like, Loki? And X-5 says to Loki again, stop trying to be a hero, man. You're a villain, and you're good at it. Do that. And Loki tries to laugh it off and uses words as a threat back to X-5 to get him to tell 
them where Sylvie is, but it doesn't work. And now Mobius tries a good cop routine by offering X5 the chance to go back to the timeline where he's a movie star, Brad Wolf, if he cooperates. But X5 flips it and tries to tug at the fact that Mobius doesn't even know who Mobius really is on the timeline, and the fact that the TVA isn't his real home, and Mobius isn't even his real name. He keeps pushing and pushing until Mobius, ironically, is the one to snap and hits X5, even though Mobius in the, in the beginning of that interrogation told Loki to keep it cool because X5 is an asshole. Well, he got, he got Mobius to snap, so I thought that was kind of cool. But anyways, they all leave the room to cool down, and Loki and Mobius go get a slice of key lime pie. And... Yeah, first Mobius is trying to play it off like, oh, that was all part of the plan, you know, that was, I was doing what I had planned to do, but finally when they're chilling, Mobius admits that he lost his cool, and Loki tries to make Mobius feel better about losing control, and this is something you, you made a little bit of an allusion to last week when you were talking, a little reference to it, but uh, <laughs> this is what Loki says, he says, do you remember the time that I was so angry with my father and my brother, I went down to earth, and I held the whole of New York City hostage with an alien army. I tried to use a Mind Stone on Tony Stark. It didn't work, so I threw him off the building. I mean, let me tell you something. It wasn't tactical. I lost it. Sometimes the emotions get the better of us. Bro. Did you? Were you laughing your ass off when you heard that line? Oh, yeah. I was laughing my ass off. It's so funny how it comes like full circle, too, because this is exactly what we were talking about with Sylvie. Like, This is why we love these characters, and I think it's great that finally you know mobius like the guy that's always like remember last season he was like what makes loki tick like i want to know well we finally saw what makes mobius tick so it was a great moment back to you jay nelly for sure so loki asks mobius about if he ever wanted to visit his own spot on the timeline and mobius tells loki that he's not interested because this is his life now and that it's the only life he's ever known and Mobius is afraid that he actually might have a really good life on the timeline and that he's missing out. So he tries to block it out of his mind completely. So from here, Mobius and Loki, they discuss X5 and how to get him to talk and admit that he found Sylvie and get him to tell them where. So Mobius tells Loki that he's the god of mischief, so, mischief, so he should think of a plan. From this point, the scene shifts over to OB and he's tinkering with the retrofit device as the timeline branches are still expanding. He tries to hook up the device to the computer for calculations and is unsuccessful because he's locked out due to invalid temporal aura. At that point, the scene cuts back to X5 and he's chilling in the holding room. He's just laying down without a care in the world and Loki walks in, X5 asks him if he's ready for round two and if he's going to try some hardball tactics to which Loki replies something like that. And so Mobius brings in a machine, and X5 thinks it's a bluff. He tells them that they're desperate, and they agree with X5, and they, they tell him that they are very desperate, and they're down to their last option. But X5 still doesn't buy it, and asks who came up with the script. And as they're setting it up, the machine, as they're setting up the machine, Loki asks Mobius about the controller, and Mobius leaves the room to grab the controller. At that point where Mobius leaves the room, Loki walks up and locks Mobius out of the room, and it's a plot twist because Loki had the controller in his pocket the entire time. So now it's just X5 locked in with Loki and the machine and the controller. So Loki gets the machine turned on and X5 starts second-guessing himself and apologizing for some of the things he said about Loki. But Loki is touching some random buttons on the controller. He has no idea what he's doing. It doesn't seem like he has any clue on how this thing works. So X5 is definitely nervous at this point and tells Loki he can't just touch buttons because he could end up killing him. But at this point... Loki seems even more interested and presses a button that traps X5 into this hard cube box. It's almost like a plexiglass box and you can't, the, the, the sides are solid, you can't get out of it. 
In any event, he presses a button and the cube shrinks on the side. It's going to push him in. X5 says he doesn't know where Docs and the others are. And so Loki shrinks the cube from the top this time. So he's in a very a lot smaller of a box than it was when he first uh, trapped X5 in it. So that, that kind of forced X5 into this crouching position. X5 says he swears he doesn't know where they are. He tries to tell Loki that he abandoned his mission, that he didn't go looking for Sylvie. But Loki doesn't believe him and shrinks the cube again. And now X5 basically has no space at all in the cube. And he's very uncomfortable in the smallest position you could possibly get without breaking some bones. But X5 still isn't giving the necessary information. So Loki starts slowly shrinking to the cube to where it almost crushes and suffocates X5. And finally, he tells Loki that Sylvie has a new life. And Loki releases him from the cube. X5 asks if he tells them where Sylvia is, if they'll let him go. Mobius says no, that X5 is going to show them where Sylvia is, not tell them. He's going to show them. So then the scene moves over to B15 and Casey. They're going to see OB. OB is yelling that they're all going to die because he can't get the blast doors open. Casey asks if he's, if he's tried the C2, C12 bypass pathway. OB tells Casey that it won't work, and he knows that it won't work because he's the one that wrote the bypass. So Casey realizes Obi is Ouroboros and gets kind of fangirly and asks Obi to sign his handbook. It was kind of a fun little, little moment there. But in any event, B-15 snaps them back to reality. And that's when Obi explains that the containment doors are locked and that the only person who, only the person who designed it can open it with a live scan of his temporal aura. But he remains as dead. And so without missed minutes to help override the lock, they're kind of stuck. From here, X5 takes Loki and Mobius to 1982 in Broxton, Oklahoma at a McDonald's. Loki walks in and sees Sylvie. He approaches the counter and asks Sylvie if they can talk. She tells him that her break is in five minutes. She finally gets outside. They start chatting. Loki tells her that he was in the future and saw her. He tells her the TVA is in danger and that she was there and he needed to know why she was there. Well, Sylvie tells him that she's no idea what he's talking about because she has no intention of ever going back to the TVA, that she has a life here in Broxton, Oklahoma at McDonald's, and she's happy. And he tells her to explain what he saw and why he saw her there. And she tells him that he do she doesn't know and she doesn't care. He tells her that it's the future and it's going to happen. And she tells him that the future isn't written anymore after she killed He Who Remains. So Loki goes on and tells Sylvie to enchant him so that way she can see what he saw. But she wants nothing to do with it. And Loki tells her that without the TVA, all the timelines are gone, and the life that she likes so much will cease to exist. And while they're having this conversation outside, Mobius and X5 are eating inside, watching Sylvie and Loki talking. X5 tells Mobius that he needs to hold up his end of the deal since he brought them to Sylvie and put him back on the timeline as Brad Wolf. But Mobius has a little bit of a laugh with X5 about their recent encounters, how, you know, they were like, oh, you were going back and forth, and we are arguing, and, you know, now we're enjoying a meal like a gentleman. <laughs> and that even, like, goes as far to ask X5 about his movie, and X5 tells him he's not hooking up with tickets after this, and he's got to get his own. So I thought that was pretty funny. He's like, tell me about your movie, man. Like, what is this about? Is it a thriller? <laughs> he's like, no, it's not. <laughs> so I just thought that shit was really funny. Mobius, like, honestly, Owen Wilson does a great job playing Mobius. I, I One of the best, but... In any event, X5 is still being very weird about wanting to rush out of there, so now Mobius is suspicious that this is a setup. The scene moves back to Sylvie and Loki, and as they are talking about giving free will and walking away and he remains variants, Mobius interrupts and tells them that X5 is hiding something. X5 admits that if they stay there, they're all going to die, and as he's rambling about who is going to die, Sylvie enchants him and sees what the setup is, and we get a glimpse of General Docs that we were talking about last week and the plan to bomb every branch on the timeline so they tell 
B15 that Dox is going to prune all the new branches. B15 tells Mobius that she already is and that Dox is going to kill them all. So then the scene moves back to Sylvie, Loki, and Mobius, and they're in the compound now where Dox is operating from, and they're watching how the bombs are set up and dropped using the temp pads connected with the time doors. So that's the modifications on these temp pads it is to allow them to drop through time doors and explode the timeline. So the scene cuts back to the TVA, and one of the analysts tells B-15 that Dox has already pruned 30% of the branches, which is insane. That's a lot in such a short amount of time. Well, they, they need to attack the control panel, which what this, that, this control panel is what's allowing Dox to prune so many at one time. So they all rush the operatives, and Dox yells out that their mission's been compromised and commands her followers to set off all of the bombs that they can. While Mobius, Loki, and Sylvie, they're taking out the guards, and they try to stop as many as they can, but they capture Dox and many of her loyalists, but most of the damage is done. Most of the branches have been pruned, killing all who are on those timelines. And some of her own Minutemen ended up escaping as well. And from here, we uh, go back to the scene shifted to Casey, and Casey gets a hit on Ravana Renslayer's Tempad. And then from here, Sylvie is disappointed with them and says the TVA is a problem and it's rotten. And she leaves them to go back to McDonald's timeline. And so as we, as we follow Sylvie back to her McDonald's timeline, you know, she's sitting on the hood of her truck. And she says goodnight to one of her coworkers while she's lying on the hood, listening to music. And she's fiddling with the piece that she took from He Who Remains last season. And the episode ends. And that's how it closes out. There's no after credit scenes in this episode. This is just how it ends. And so that was episode two of season two of Loki. Chase, go ahead and give us some of the takeaways that you have from this episode. Yeah, man, I thought it was great. I thought it was cool. Uh, I mean, this is one of the timelines I thought was really cool. Like, you jumped over and, you know, Hunter X5, that's his name, right? He became, like, the actor. It's kind of like living out his dream, right? And I like the perspective because it shows, like, maybe he never wanted <laughs> to be a TVA agent, right? And it was cool. Like, he, you know, everyone wants to live out whatever their own dream is just like sylvie went to the mcdonald's and was like you know uh, you know loving it over there right and I, I love that too you know we got to go see sylvie and where she was at in the mcdonald's and just like has embraced this like basic kind of normal small town lifestyle <laughs> in a way and um it was great because you finally saw mobius snap and we've never seen him snap before and the torture device was cool, man. You know, that box that kept shrinking and they finally, you know, got the questions answered that they wanted. But uh, it had a little bit of action. It was definitely more building for what's to come. But uh, I thought it was uh, it finally it was really cool getting to see like some of these different areas like we usually see in Loki seasons in the past. Like, remember, we jumped to I think it was Pompeii last season one and all these different places are now we're starting to travel different places and they're reaching towards their goals. So yeah, man, I, I thought it was great. I'd give it a nine. It was a great episode and the writing was fantastic too. What are your thoughts? Yeah. My takeaways are that it was a great segue from episode one of the second season here in Loki. I thought that it picked up where it needed to and it grew. I think it, it did a natural progression of it was better than the last one. And I, I really like the fact that, like you said, a lot of things started to, you know, like the the events started to really take place in earnest. And what I mean by that is, you know, we're we're chasing down leads to try to get some stuff moving. Last episode was more about the setup and 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 kind of 
getting an idea of what the problem is and, and the how, where now we're going through the process. You know, we're chasing X5 in 1977 in London. You know, he, we get to see that the TVA, even people who work at the TVA, that's not really what they want to do. They, they want their own life on the timeline. And, that, you know, Brad Wolf was trying so hard to, to maintain Brad Wolf instead of be Hunter X5. You know, he's running away. And, you know, like I said, I thought that was pretty cool. We're starting to see some more of Loki's abilities. That whole shadow magic was dope. I thought that was really cool. And... You know that that thought that was great, and then this is another part too. It's not you got the TVA against the TVA. It's it's not just you know one person. You know Ravana Renslayer ended up being you know a bad like a villain at the end of last season. Now you got like the TVA kind of split. You almost got this. Not I'm being I'm being dramatic when I say this, so please don't take it at face value. But this is like Civil War type deal of like half the TVA thinks they need to prune these branches and, and do what they need to do and, and understand that the casualties are going to be the casualties, but if they want to survive, that this is what they're going to have to do. The other half of the TVA is like, dude, we can't just be playing with human lives like this. It's not right, you know, ending all these lives just because we're scared of the potential outcome. So you got them like butting heads. So there's plans by certain uh, members of the TVA and then the other parts of the TVA are trying to stop them. And we just have this, this whole ordeal and in this entire time, we still don't know where Sylvie is, right? So, I thought that was pretty cool. You get this the, the again talking about the TV versus TV. You get this interrogation of one of the hunters. So the hunter is very, very aware of the tactics that the TVA uses. So he thinks he's gonna be just fine, and he ain't gonna talk. He ain't gonna sing. He doesn't have to say anything because he knows exactly what they're gonna do and what the confines of the rules are in the TVA. So. He, ha- he feels like he's got no pressure at all. He's just going to sit there, and they're going to have to wait it out, and what Docs is going to do, she's going to do. But then, and at this point, they don't know what Docs is going to do. So they got to get creative and really make it seem like Loki's going to kill this guy. And, and, you know, if you were watching it for the first time, you might have believed that that was what Loki was actually going to do, and that wasn't part of the plan. So I thought that was pretty cool, getting the guy the TV to crack where they started using tactics that weren't necessarily by the book, so to speak. And then we get to the part where they're they're going. They they find out where Sylvie's timeline is. They get there, and she's this. It's insane because I know we talked about this in the debates last week about hey, about her character progression now that she's kind of in a stable environment. It's not life threatening and all that. Like this this goddess, literally a, a goddess uh, of I don't know what you call it of mischief as well. I, I, you know, I'm assuming so. I think maybe every variant of Loki is a god of mischief but regardless she's she's an actual goddess or she's happy working at mcdonald's bro <laughs> like like she'd rather flip some fucking burgers and take some cash at the cash register than use her powers to fight good and evil she could be doing anything she wants in the world and she's like content working at a chain restaurant that like will pay her minimum wage you know what i mean like this girl could enchant the president and be in power of the entire world of that time period in, in 1982 in broxton Oklahoma, but she's just content, you know, live like laying in her truck on the hood there, chilling, you know, getting that McDonald's, enjoying her her break, eating eating the burger that they made for. Her. Like it's just it's wild. <laughs> the superhero being is just so content with such a what we would call um, I don't want to say like it just it's just a very basic life. I guess I can I can put it that way. And then we you know, from there. But we realize it's a setup because Docs this entire time has had this plan to bomb all these timelines to get it back. They, they were going to do it regardless without authorization. 
then we get some finally we get some a little bit of action right we got the action part of it where they get to the compound and they start taking them out and they ended up taking docs and a lot of her minutemen as, as like i don't want to say prisoners but like into custody and so now the, the the tva headbutting thing is is kind of at a it's not at a standstill but like they, it's not active anymore right so it was this, this episode had a little bit of everything it had the thought process of having to follow along had the little like weaves and the little plot twists along the way. Then it had the action. So yeah, overall, this episode was uh, was a great progression from the first one. And I would say, you know, if I'm gonna rate this episode, yeah, I'd probably put it around you know 8.5, 8.6. You know, just because again, it's still building towards the big stuff, but it had a little bit of everything. So it was really it was a strong episode, and and that's what I have to say about it on that end. Did you have any other thoughts on top of that before we move into your debates? No, man, just a, it's an interesting thought here. Think about it, right? You know, Hunter X5 just abandoned his entire mission to live his life dream. And uh, Sylvie, you know, she was entirely content working at the McDonald's, just like, you know, just stayed where she was at. Like, screw the mission. Like, I'm happy here. Think about this, right? Like, I mean, so clearly, like a lot of these, I guess you can call them heroes or villains whatever they are superpower beings you know clearly it's not all you know it's not all roses right imagine if they did just choose to abandon everything and pursue their goals and just like nothing at all imagine if like you know let's put it this way tony stark just kept saying screw it like he didn't go back in time and he almost did he almost just left all of them there was like, I can't sacrifice what I had, but he could have just kept the Iron Man suit and been a billionaire, right? Like, I mean, so it's just interesting thought of, you know, of course, like you want to tell a story and the hero has to keep going, right? Uh, but in the end, just like you said, I mean, she, you can say like, yeah, the goddess of mischief, right? Uh, arguably, one of the most powerful beings in the world and she prefers to take her 15 minute breaks and eat fries at mcdonald's even mobius he's the head like arguably one of the top people at the tva and he was i mean we talk about you know just as average people in the normal world mcdonald's is like fast food does and he was talking to x5 and he's like enjoy this meal like this is really good or enjoys like key lime pie like it's like the best food he's ever had in so long where we'd be like yeah man like mcdonald's like you can get that anytime so it's an interesting thought but yeah what are your debates for the day jay nelly okay yeah if i'm, if I'm gonna kick off the debate on on this one here i would ask that you know let's say Let's say that Docs was successful. Let's say that X5 held out, didn't give him the information that they were looking for, and so Docs was able to bomb all the timelines. Do you think it would have destroyed every timeline except the, the TVA timeline, or would there still be other ones left? Was she trying to do a full wipe massacre start from the beginning type of deal? Like, What do you think Docs' goal was on bombing these things? Was it just trying to do a mass wipe of like the additional branches? Did you think she had any thought of like how they were going to move past? Like, Let's say like she was successful. Did you think she thought ahead and was like, okay, 
after this, this is the plan? Or do you think she was just like, okay, we got to stop this or else we're fucked? Like, what do you, what do you think was her, her thought process here? I think it was, we got to stop it or else we're screwed. Like, I don't think she is like deep down, like just an evil being, or I don't think she really processed it enough. I don't think it took long enough in her head to think like Thanos did like, okay, I'm going to wipe out 50% of the population for the greater good. Right. Gellar Grindelwald for the greater good or something. I think it was like, Hey, I need to get this stopped now, but I don't think she, I mean, I think she's intellectual, but I don't think she took the time to think about, well, what if I wound up ruining my own timeline? Like no telling, like, what if I wound up bombing the branch I came from and then I'm not even in the TVA? Like, think about that. Uh, but I think her intention was probably to, you know, get rid of the excess branches that were there and to leave what they had before. I don't think it was to wipe out any, like, current timelines that were there. But who knows? I mean, maybe it, you know... Maybe in her mind, she was just going to leave everything but the TVA. But I couldn't see her just destroying everything because then she wouldn't even be there. So that's my thoughts on that. What about yours? I I almost think the exact opposite. I think she really did what was planning on wiping out everything except the TVA timeline. I think that that in her mind, that was going to that was going to set them back on the path and they could go from the beginning there and start with one branch and, and you know come across the way because obviously this all started when Sylvie killed he who remains back in season one and now all these extra timelines that weren't supposed to exist are now branching out of everything and, and causing the loom to expand and, and potentially explode which is the danger that they face here in this season is you know the the loom in not being able to handle the capacity of all these new branches that start popping up after he who remains was killed. So in my mind, I think she was just trying to start from fucking square one. And, you know, since the, you know, she's able to exist outside of her timeline. So I don't know necessarily know if they need to have her alive in there to have her also at the TVA. Cause I think I know what you're saying of like, you know, well, she would never be at the TVA if her timeline's gone. Cause she doesn't exist anymore. But I, I think, you know, because Think about it. We have this whole deal. If you think about a regular human timeline, you know, let's just use 100 years as a standard. I know that you know, there's variations there, but just think about what Mobius was talking to OB about not too long ago. Oh, I haven't seen you in 400 years. Well, how is that possible? You know what I mean? So I think they can exist outside each other. I don't think you need one to have the other because isn't Loki dead in the real timeline? Right? Like he, Like Thanos killed him. Yeah. Right. So, you know, it's like right. I don't think they need to be alive and another one to be at the TVA. So if that's the case, I think that she was trying to fucking start a square one. And say, uh-uh, all this shit's going down and I don't give a fuck because I like in her mind. Like, and I also agree with you. I don't think she was doing it maliciously of like, I really want to end all these people's lives. I think she was doing it out of a sense of self-preservation of fuck this TVA is in real danger of overloading and exploding and everything ceasing to exist. And so instead of the potential of that happening, I'm going to take it upon myself, go around these orders that I was given and just, you know, face the consequences later. But I'm, I'm hopeful that I'm going to save what we have here and we can start over again versus, you know, the potential of having too much of too many branches and exploding and now everything's gone so i think that was kind of what her thought process was you know obviously going about going about it not necessarily the 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 right way in even 
at the point where she was where they did end up catching her what did they say 30 percent? she already killed 30 percent of the branches with her plan like that's billions of people murdered dude like she already took out so many and you know that it, it was kind of insanity and they ended up apprehending her at the end got her in in the time caller so my my guess like my my view on this is that I don't think she had a plan for what came next. I think she wanted to save the TVA by any means necessary and was going to deal with whatever came next afterwards. That that's my thought on it. Like do you want to add to it yourself or what do you want to provide your thoughts on? Yeah, I could definitely see that. What's an interesting thought though is like a variant based on what we've even seen just in episode one with the time slipping with Loki. Obviously, like, say Doc's destroyed herself, right? Like, say she destroyed one of the branches from where she came from. Not that she was planning to do that. Let's just say it did happen. Well, then she would actually be destroyed because based on what we've seen from what the show's proven, that variant wouldn't know about what she was doing because that other variant like for instance when loki was time slipping the other mobius didn't even know who he was or like we saw back in season one you know mobius showed loki like all his outcomes in the past like where he was killed by thanos and like he didn't even know about that the loki we're following now even though we followed the loki before which i guess he like learned it through what he showed him and like kind of knows that what's your opinion on that do you think these variants like know what they did or do they actually have memories on that is it that actual person or is it a totally different being i think they're completely different because they're existing simultaneously in different universes doing different things so while they look the same and you know maybe at some points maybe sometimes they don't even act the same because they're so different individuals maybe there's a flip side of everybody you know but I, I think that, and this is something that I don't know if either of us know, we're just providing our thoughts on, but I think the biggest crux of the matter is I still think that you can exist in the TVA without any other timelines because, like, if you can't, then what the hell is a sacred timeline? You know what I mean? Like, who's going to be yeah. there? You know, that that's the biggest thing. So let's say you're right in that, uh, you know, if you destroy every variant of yourself, you cease to exist in the TVA. Well, then what's what's the sacred timeline? You know what I mean? Like, who's there to to be along that timeline if you can't do that. So I think the TVA exists outside, uh, you know, they, they call it the sacred timeline, but I think it exists outside of who you are on the timeline or other timelines or variants of yourself. I think you can, I think you have to exist outside of it just only because of the fact of like, what's the point of the sacred timeline remaining if there's nobody that can be there. Now, no one's, no one's alive because every other version of themselves are dead. And if we take the, the, you know, the point of view that okay well if you kill every version of yourself you can't exist anywhere else well if that's the case then what what's the sacred timeline and and how can people preserve it if there's no one there to preserve it does that make sense yeah what's uh weird to think about your opinion on this is the sacred timeline what you would consider the real timeline like is there one you can even consider real right like there's all these timelines that and all these different like outcomes with variants in different universes there's these universes i guess they can all technically be considered real 
but kind of like the matrix right like when they would wake up into reality like i guess is that like the reality that's real or the only timeline that really matters like what's like your opinion on that yeah that's a really good question man and i'm trying to sit here and in process and what i honestly think because i think for every version or variant of yourself that individual in that timeline is going to think that's the right timeline you know what i mean like if like every you know for example we think about back to spider-man i'm sure every version of spider-man thought that that was their like they were in their right one and everything else is a right in, in your own mind everything else is different <laughs> you know and you're in the in the in the right one so it, i guess it's just really hard to make a determining factor of what's what because even like the sacred timeline like that's where the tva exists on and that's where like, the linear focus goes it's is that is that just the tva is that other life outside of it it's hard to say because at that point i just don't know what makes like 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 whose timeline is what you mentioned reality like what what is the reality because i i do believe that every variant and every version of whoever you want to think of whether it's sylvie whether it's loki whether it's mobius whether it's whoever whatever character i think they are going to live their life in the mindset that this is the only life that they know because it is the only life they know they, they they're not thinking about what are like you know apparently think about yourself right here as we sit here today are you thinking about a chase in another earth uh you know in a parallel universe and what you might be doing and if you are thinking about that do you think that's the right one and do you think that if that person's thinking about it, you think ours is the right one it's it's impossible to really answer you know i think it's uh it's a tough question so i don't really have an answer that i'm confident in standing by I really think that there's a lot of subjectivity and I don't think it's it's well explained to this point. And maybe that's something that comes down the road and we get a better level of explanation on it. I hope so because you're right. I don't – because that does change things if we have a timeline that is the base level reality. But if it's a sacred timeline and people – have lives on the sacred timeline is that the lives in the sacred timeline or is that the tva you know and is that simultaneous you know now you're in two like i don't know and then what makes the other branches not i it's really hard to explain because it hasn't been explained so it's hard to answer i should say because it hasn't been explained i just don't have a confident enough answer that i can give you to where i feel like yeah you know this is what i really believe the right answer is i just i don't think it's it's well explained so because they, they always say, and every time every character is, is really always mentioned their spot on the timeline. Well, what is the timeline? Is it the sacred timeline? And does the sacred timeline exist outside of the TVA? And so, you know, you can't destroy the sacred timeline because that's the one. I, I think that's like, at least for when he remains was there and when he was explaining it, that's the base level timeline. And I don't think that's something that you can bomb or destroy. Because if you could, all life would cease to exist, period. And so that begs another question of, okay, like, is that something that you can even physically destroy if necessary? Because, like, what if you destroy the sacred timeline but not the other timelines? What if the other timelines can't exist without the sacred timeline? So we get into this really convoluted stuff, and this is exactly why this whole 
multiverse thing is, is very confusing and convoluted is that you know there's so many different variations of reality that could be and there's no set answer and it's very hard and difficult to explain i don't know man like what are your thoughts on it yeah i mean i think this is the problem like you know remember when we were at that section of harry potter where you know harry was saying you know questions just led to more questions as they were discovering horcruxes that's kind of like what this is like it's almost like at the end of everything i guess the answer is he who remains <laughs> like is that like the idea because like if you destroyed all these timelines the only person that would exist is actually he who remains but then i would probably consider the sacred timeline the real timeline but then at the same time here's another question is like in season one of loki we saw like the variants of loki were different people and just like in spider-man you know you had the other variants of spider-man toby andrew and and tom and then now you're having like the other variants of x-men that are coming into play right and stuff like that maybe they wrote this in just so they could bring in the nostalgia of like these other actors from universes so we can all merge them into one but then you're starting to wonder like what's actually considered like what's the variant of that person right like maybe that's another variant of that person like the way i kind of see it is for instance like loki like I guess there's multiple types of variants of that Loki. Like maybe the Loki we're seeing and there's like another Loki version of him that looks just like him. That's like that same Loki variant, but on a different timeline where if it's in a different universe, I guess it would look different. Maybe is maybe the way I would explain it. That's the way I kind of put it together in my head because it's not really explained and it's another interesting concept because I heard this before, actually. If you think about even in reality, not to go down the rabbit hole in reality, right, in other universes, but time is something, it's not like man created it, but it's something like we've come up with this term of time because the only reality we know is the one we're living in. So if you think like this moment is the moment that exists and then tomorrow is that moment, so that's how we judge it. So it's like hard to even say, like, what's time really? Like, you're really just going from past to present and staying there, or there could be another universe. Like, you really don't know. Like, who? Even, so I mean, it's just interesting to say. But I would, I would say, bring it back full circle, so we don't go down this rabbit hole. I would say the sacred timeline is probably the real timeline and in the end based on what we've seen because we've seen the end of the timeline <laughs> based on this show it's he who remains so i guess he who remains is the person that created everything or is like the creator in this universe which goes back to another <laughs> fucking problem i have then if he truly is the creator how the fuck do you beat someone like that <laughs> like i mean who knows Right, and I think it goes into probably having to destroy all that guy's variants so that way he never comes into the rise to power. But, like, this whole thing that still comes back to the question of, okay, the sacred timeline is the real timeline or the, the one that everything is based off of and everything else is just a, you know, a branch off of that. For example, you know, Christianity has a bunch of denominations outside of Christianity, like Lutheran, Southern Baptist, you know, non-denominational, whatever it is. So let's say that, that the, the timeline's a timeline, but where does that put the TVA? 
there's a TV outside of it because at that point in time you're still ha- like you still have your your I don't want to say variant because maybe you, the TV is the variant the TVA individual of yourself is a variant but how does that exist outside of this sacred timeline because at that point that has to have the TVA has to have its own timeline too you know what I mean so because uh, <laughs> then at that point it doesn't make sense because then how can two timelines be the timeline right the TVA has to have its own timeline or else it wouldn't exist. And the sacred timeline, you have your own life on the sacred timeline that's supposed to be the real timeline, but you're existing in two places. So both timelines have to be the real timeline. Am I am I missing something here? I don't know, dude. Like, Yeah, no, I mean, no, I think you nailed it. I mean, it's crazy to think of, you know, we started from the beginning building with this whole big arc against Thanos and the Infinity Stones and how he affects 50% of the population. Well, now it's like that would be 50% of the population in that timeline. So, like, think of this extractor they're using. Like, remember at season one of Loki, they had, like, Infinity Stones in... (laughs) In like a safety deposit box or a safety. Bro, they were using them as paperweights. They're like, yeah, you can just throw them on there. Like it was crazy. And now we're like dealing with literally what Loki and Mobius literally are doing. Like you're literally something that's billions of times more powerful than the gauntlet. You're just running down a runway with. (laughs) like what the fuck like how did we get to this point man it's fucking crazy but to my debate today oh sorry i'll let you uh uh give your thoughts on that i I didn't have any thoughts on that i just we're stuck in this continuous loop of um what's what's the real existence because like i said i just don't see how only one timeline can be the timeline if you have I mean, the TVA has to exist. Like it's existing simultaneously. Can the time? Can the sacred timeline be its own thing without the TV? Can the TVA just cease to exist, or no? <laughs> like, you know, because if, if that's the case, and yeah, maybe there's just the reality timeline and what they call the sacred timeline. But I'm not sure if the TVA is able to not exist, since they are the ones that keep track of the timeline, making sure things go according. And nothing and nothing uh vary varies from the timeline. So if no one's policing that, and that's the whole way that Loki got caught back in season fucking one, like if no one's policing that, then different variations can happen and all of a sudden stuff branches out of the sacred timeline, the existing timeline, the real time, whatever you want to call it, anyways. So we're kinda where we like I don't know, dude. Like I think they gotta exist simultaneously, and if that's the case, that is two separate timelines. Like yeah, and yeah, I don't know. It, it is that that's like we're gonna just get into rabbit hole and go around in circles on it because there's just no answer and we don't and it's never been explained and i don't know if it will and i hope it does but in any event yeah let's move on into your debate what do you got for us today yeah so moving away from timelines well i guess we can never really move away from timelines but for instance so going back to season one remember loki and sylvie definitely had like a romantic moment there like i know he wants to find sylvie to achieve this goal right to fix everything but with sylvie kind of having the peace she's having enjoying where she's at in mcdonald's in this realm this (laughs) other timeline universe do you think if this wasn't going on that loki would leave her be there 
knowing that she's happy or if there's something deep down inside where he would still want to pursue her and it's not just about you know trying to fix the universe like is there something there that's he actually wants to find her because he wants to be with her it's weird because that's basically being in a relationship with yourself and while x5 and mobius (laughs) were having this conversation they were almost talking about that how you're in a very complicated relationship with yourself so so she's a variant they're a variance of each other so I don't know. From what I've seen in the character progression that Loki has undergone, I am led to believe that he would want the best for her and would take the selfish desires out of it and allow her to be happy if that is what truly made her happy. Just with the character progression I've seen him go through, how he's become more selfless, he's being helpful, he's talking through you know, emotional trauma with Mobius when he lost. He's like, well, remember when I was in New York City? Man, I'll tell you, that wasn't tactical. I kind of got, I, I lost. I tried to take over the whole damn city. <laughs> like, you know, so I mean, it just, he seems to, he seems to have grown a lot. And I, I do believe that if it can't push came to shove and he would put his personal feelings aside for the happiness of Sylvie, if that is what she decided made her happy, living a normal life and a normal uh, timeline without any uh, extra extravagant or extravagance i think that he would not try to get in the way of that yeah i agree with you i don't think he would try to get in the way with that anymore but i do think deep down he would want to pursue her and maybe wound up going find. i think he would try to find a way to go find her to go work with her at McDonald's, man. Like, could you imagine that? The two gods of mischief, like, you know, taking orders for McNuggets, fish fillets, burgers, and fries. And then, see, that's the spinoff you need, is then you need Thor and Odin to come up and order, like, like Thor orders, like, the Big Mac and shit. And he tells him, yeah, man, that's why you got to cut some weight. And then we find out Thor lost all this weight from Endgame, because Loki told him to stop eating all the McChickens and fries, and he wasn't allowed to go to that timeline anymore. <laughs> I'm just fucking with you guys. But my opinion is, I think he would try to find a way to pursue her, but yeah, I do agree he would not be selfish after what he's been through, because we've seen he could have cut out at any time at this point. Well, tried, <laughs> at least. But I think at, by this point, after doing all this stuff with Mobius, he definitely could have escaped at some point, and he chose not to do that and take the honorable route, especially what we wind up finding out later in this season. So with that, man, any closing thoughts? You want to close us out today? Yeah, I do have some closing thoughts real quick because you, you brought something that's really funny. Can you imagine you know, just the 180 of everything from where we started with marvel us looking up to these superheroes because they're so much different than us they've got these abilities that we could only dream of we want to be just like them but then to close out maybe the marvel universe in its entirety they do a flip of it and they actually want to be like us and so we kind of close the entirety of the marvel universe and then close that chapter no more shows no more movies of them all just living like regular lives like <laughs> fucking iron man's a lawyer like you know just doing some stuff you know like doctor strange is it's just you know goes back to being just a doctor you know, not none of them not want to use their abilities anymore. Captain America goes to be a general in the army. In, you know, Sylvie and Loki working at McDonald's. 
Thor opens up Burger King to compete with them. <laughs> you can just imagine that Marvel ends with the the exact opposite, a beautiful full circle moment where, you know, we grew up wanting to be like these superheroes with all these abilities. And these superheroes, in reality, they want to be like us and they end their lives living normal ways like, like the regular humans. Like, how fucking wild would that be? Oh, 100%. It's like Tony Stark said at the end of Avengers 1, you know, all he wanted to do was go to a swarma joint. Like, I think it's kind of like that, man. Like, isn't it interesting, too, to think about is, you know, going back to what we were talking about, what timeline even matters at this point? I, Me, I would be selfish. I would choose the one I want. I'd be living out on an island in Bora Bora. I'd make sure I was, you know, had all this money and just like Mobius has a thousand jet skis. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess pick the one you want, but no, it's interesting. It's definitely, yeah, it's you know, definitely flipped a switch for sure. And talk about a mind, a mind screw, man. Like we've definitely, uh, it's, it's like, it's such a full circle moment, but we've gone so far in left field. I don't even know how you like bring it all back at this point. I think you just got to roll, <laughs> roll with everything spiraling out of control with the branches <laughs> spiraling out of control, man. And, with that, I'll let you close this out, brother. Sounds good, man. Yeah, dude. Just the uh, before before I close it, it's just it'd be really wild to kind of see how that would all turn out. Because what was the whole you know? In 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 my mind, the whole point of the writers writing in Sylvie and her enjoying her time was to kind of give us the idea that having all these superpowers and these abilities isn't all it's cracked up to be. There's a lot that goes on to it. And so, you know, in our regular lives that are mundane and boring, it's, it's easy for us to lack appreciation, you know, where, you know, because we always want more. We want to be doing more. We think we can be more. And, you know, the, the, it's almost the exact opposite for the people who are in the opposite position of like, they've got all the power, they've got all the money, they got all that. And, you know, really, they just want to have a normal life away from everyone else. Don't want the paparazzi, don't want the cameras, don't want the fame, don't want the glamour. All I want to do is just, you know, go sit in a truck somewhere in a McDonald's parking lot and just really uh, have a very simple, methodical uh, life that is not complicated. Now, I mean, obviously, every life is going to be complicated, but they, you know, we we would want the reverse. With it's like they would they would switch their problems for our problems. Because realistically, you know how much pressure would be. You got to beat every fucking villain that came down the, the hatch. Like you're just like, oh man, I can't get a damn break. I just beat this guy that had these stones <laughs> that could stop time. They gave him super strength. Killed half my friends with a snap of his finger. I gotta we gotta fucking beat this guy. And we think you're chilling. All of a sudden, this other dude's like, well, I'm actually controlling all of time. And you know, I'm gonna let you know what's gonna happen and, and manipulate things the way I want it to be so now you got to go take out this guy to make sure everyone has the free will that they were promised at birth and you know like that's kind of the whole thing is you know everyone has got their own free will to make their own choices but do you really if someone's pulling the strings so now we got this other bag like you know how how exhausting that was you think we got a bad day at the fucking office now <laughs> you're just like oh man yeah, you know, for example, Chase, you're like, oh man, I got like 600 calls in queue. I get to, you know, like these these superheroes, like, dude, I would love that problem. You know, that's all I gotta deal with is, is like just ungrateful people just yelling at me. That's completely fine. No, I gotta be putting my life and my friends' lives and my family's lives at risk every single time I go to do my job. So it's like, I just think that that would be one hell of a 
of a flip. And honestly, like I would, I'd watch it. I it would be silly, but you know how many more? Yeah, I guess. Uh, what are they gonna do? Are we just gonna try to make a uh, every single comic that exists? We're gonna try to put that on the screen. Because, yeah, I mean, that technically you could do that because there's so many comics that are made that there's so much content that if Marvel really wants to, they can run this ship forever. But eventually, I'm assuming people can get tired of it. But what a way to close it out. Wouldn't that just be the perfect way to button it all up is all of these heroes that we've seen do all these crazy things and save the world so many times just end and finish out the rest of their time being normal people, doing normal shit, like just like me and you? Like, Wouldn't that be something cool to see? I think it'd be a perfect ending. Like, imagine that too. Like, even you have all the variants of all the people that like died or whatever, or all the ones that even just survived. Like, they all just literally like the camera pans out and they're all just working like the cash register at McDonald's. <laughs> like, that'd be perfect. Like, I would love that because it goes to show, like, just like you said, they all just really their end goal wasn't ever to be the greatest wasn't ever to be the hero wasn't ever to be the villain it was all just to live a normal life which they never got the i guess you know in the words of loki glorious purpose to do for sure man and i i you know that being said you know i'm not going to beat a dead horse on it but i would say some of these some of these characters wanted you know for example loki specifically always wanted to be the hero but again you know we get into that whole psychology analyzing aspect of it and we really kind of get it's because he didn't feel like he got the attention he wanted as a kid and felt overlooked and overshadowed and you can kind of have that origin story with every character that you really think about that's kind of led them to where they are most of these heroes have a tragic past i know that i'm switching gears here from marvel to dc but you think about batman his parents were murdered in front of him and so he wants to protect the city and save as many people you know who are helpless as he can and you know you got the same thing over here with like Iron Man, you know, this, this evil genius is creating stuff that's going to destroy the world and you utilize utilizing your the stuff that you and your family created for and, and weaponizing it. And so now you've got to stop them. So, you know, everyone, it's never like it's never usually a a good, clean childhood to where people have to be the heroes that we see in the film. It's always some. You know, fucked up shit. Even in this case, even <laughs> Captain America, he was a small, skinny guy who wanted to feel like he belonged and fit in somewhere. He goes to the army. They inject him with some sort of serum to make him this super soldier. So even that's not happy. Like he, that was against his will. <laughs> you know what I mean? But no one. I like. I, I want. I did, and I, I don't want to say there's none because I haven't done the proper research to back this statement. But I would challenge someone to find me a superhero in any comics that has been created that you know Marvel would have the potential to put on screen. That had a loving mother, a loving father. Nothing bad happened. They lived out there 100 years in a very beautiful uh, and non-conflicted uh, con way. And that this person just decided to go be a hero and, and, and like fight crime and stuff because it's what they wanted to do and even though their life was so glorious and magnificent like no fucking superman's whole planet krypton died <laughs> like his dad died hey, batman's family died tony stark's dad died like captain america got injected with this dang serum like they go even if you go to the x-men same sort of shit over there too they're mutants they're freaks they're not accepted by society like it's just never there's never a happy story of just you know this person had a beautiful life, a beautiful childhood, and he just went into the business because that's what he wanted to do. I, there could be, and I'm not thinking of it. I don't know. 
Point being is I don't I don't think that that would be the outlier. You know, there's the, if there is a character like that, that is the outlier. But in any event, I know uh, I kind of went off topic there a little bit. But, you know, just to kind of you know, bring it all full circle and tie it up today, guys, and close out with you. You know, this is the first time that you have listened to us. We hope you enjoyed what you heard today. If you've been with us since the very beginning, thank you for continuously being the shields that guard the realms of fantasy. If you're looking to where you can find us, we are on all the social media platforms. We're on Instagram at official ridiculous Patronus. We're on TikTok at ridiculous Patronus. We have a backup Instagram at fact underscore or underscore fantasy. Backup TikTok at fact underscore or underscore fantasy. We've got a Facebook fan page, Chase and Josh Factor Fantasy. We're on YouTube, the ridiculous Patronus. We're on Twitter at RP Factor Fantasy, Snapchat RP Factor Fantasy, and we have our own website as well, which is ridiculouspatronus.blogspot.com. So please click like, please subscribe, please leave written reviews, please leave star ratings, please leave comments. The audience engagement is what helps us out here on this show, so please continue to do so. And in terms of the podcast itself, if you want to tune in and listen, uh, we are wherever you get your podcasts. So if you're an Apple user, we're on Apple Podcasts. If you're an Android user, we're on Google Play. We're on Spotify. We're on iHeartRadio. We're on Audible. We're on Amazon Music. We're on Stitcher, Acast, our host site, Podbean. Like I said, wherever you get your podcasts, Chase and Josh Factor Fantasy are there. But we are out for the day because this has been another ridiculous production. Chase and Josh. Factor Fantasy. Signing, Signing off. off.